the Mom Village podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third season of the Mom Village. My name is Gismarie Ramos, and I'm here with my ladies, who I love so much, Kira Kelly. Hey, ladies. And Kristen Scroggins. Hi, ladies. And we are so excited. Oh, and our audio guy, Dwight. Dwight, 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 new dad, Dwight. Uh, new dad with a beautiful baby boy. We're so excited. And we are here in our third season. We are so excited. Ladies, our third season. Wow. Isn't this amazing? Time flies when you have fun, right? Yeah. So we're having it. a blast. So great. Starting this third season, we started with one of our favorites, the amazing Dr. Sarah Rayner. She is going to talk to us in our village about mom guilt. And what do we have to ask Dr. Sarah Rayner, Kristen? Yeah, Sarah, will you do something for us super quick? Just give us a little rundown of you and your family because you are very familiar to the three of us, but for Mm -hmm. maybe some of our new listeners, could you just uh, give us a little background? Sure. Well, thank you for having me back. I so love being with you ladies. Truly one of my favorite podcasts and some of my absolute favorite people. And it's always a joy and honor to be asked back. So thank you. My name is Sarah Rayner. Like you said, I am a licensed clinical psychologist here in the state of North Carolina. My husband serves in ministry and he has been in full-time ministry since, I think it's been Oh, goodness. When did he come on staff there at the church? It was 2008. 2008. Yes. We begged yes. and pleaded, and he finally did it. <laughs> <laughs> so he serves in that. I've served alongside him as a pastor's wife, and just as he was at the seminary, now he's in his own business, a Christian business. And then we have three boys, and they are age 12, soon to be nine and six. And yes, our house is an organized chaos. It is loud. It is smelly, but it is a lot of fun as well. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You guys are so great. And Art and Sarah are, for those of you that are new to her, great resource of parenting and finances. And Sarah will ask you about that at the very end. But we are big fans of the Rainer family. But let's just dive in today. We're talking about mom guilt and If you're a mom, you've experienced mom guilt, and some of us more than others. But Sarah, how would you define mommy guilt, and what do you think the root of it is? Okay, so my definition is not that exciting, but hold on, I'll (laughs) dive into it. Let's do it. Mom guilt is simply feelings of guilt or shame regarding motherhood and our interactions with our kids. Mm. It's a very simple definition. Some of the things that moms feel the most guilty about are allowing kids too much screen time, their kids misbehaving. We often blame ourselves if our kids are struggling or misbehaving. Maybe not feeding your kids healthy enough food. If your child has a mental health issue, blaming yourself. Mm -hmm. If you have a child with physical or neurological disabilities in the home, some moms might feel guilty about the time that it takes away from other kids in the home. Maybe you feel guilty because you can't give your child enough things or enough experiences. 
And then the last one is not spending enough time with your kids. And actually, there is some research on this. Pew Research showed that 38% of working moms felt this guilt. 18% of part-time working moms felt the guilt of not spending enough time with their kids. And 11% of stay-at-home moms felt guilt about not spending enough time with their kids. So those are the things we mo- that moms most feel guilty about or blame ourselves about. So that's really the definition, simply guilt over motherhood, shame over motherhood, blame over motherhood, and, and our interactions with our kids. And those are kind of the top reasons that moms feel guilty or tend to blame themselves. And there's a lot of reasons. This might take a while, ladies. So if you need to say something, there's a lot of reasons I think moms feel guilty so do you want to say anything before I jump into these of what the root cause is? No. Uh, no, no, girl. Please, this is, keep, this is your time to shine. <laughs> okay. We're taking notes. Okay. <laughs> so the good reason that mom feel guilty, so to say, is in general, moms really do want to be a good mom. It is few and far between that you're having, you know, CPS called on moms that are abusive or neglectful. I believe God has hardwired women to be nurturers and to desire that. And we see that in scripture as well, that even at the birth pains, we forget that because the joy that having that new baby brings. And then he talks about a nursing mom cannot forget her baby. So in general, God has given us a gift to be a good mom. So I think we, we that and at times that causes feelings of guilt, not good feelings, but it does. I also think another sometimes that moms might feel guilty is Moms are, they're not, so to speak, just a mom. They're a daughter of the king, and they're a woman, they're a girl, they're a friend, and they have other gifts and desires to use for God's kingdom. And sometimes those aren't always with your kids. Mm -hmm. And so moms can feel torn between like, hey, I really want to be this good mom, but man, God's given me a heart for women's discipleship, or he's given me a heart to volunteer over here to have this job, and I want to make sure I'm stewarding God's gifts well. And that's a good thing. God gives us good gifts, but there is often tension that happens between those and it can make moms feel guilty. Mm-hmm. So those are the good reasons that sometimes guilt can happen, but I'm going to get in the list of bad reasons is a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually so, the case, isn't it? Yeah. So, okay. So I have like nine reasons, bad reasons why moms feel guilty. Okay. Let's hear it. First is comparison. Mm. We go on social media and we see this mom doing this with her kids. My kids' sandwiches aren't cut into stars and shapes. <laughs> and not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, I'm just not that mom. Like, here's the, you know, ham cheese sandwich. Good luck. Uh, but <laughs> Swallow it. Are, I mean, you know the moms. They're, like, dressed in Lily Pulitzer and they look all done up. And they're awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. But I cannot compare to that. God's given me different gifts. And God gave them the gifts of creativity and organization. And I'm so thankful, but I can get into that nasty comparison game. Mm -hmm. And then I feel bad, like, oh, I'm not doing what that mom's doing over there. Mm -hmm. Number two is we live in a society where there is a pressure to make a name for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that often comes with a career. And it just so happens that the years in your career where you're trying to build a platform or name for yourself in our society coincides with child rearing years Mm -hmm. and so people are often trying to say hey I want to make a name for myself not that that's a good thing but I want to be known I want this platform or that Mm -hmm. but there's that tension because they still have to raise kids so that is another reason moms might feel guilty because they want to be a good mom but they're trying to 
seek the approval of others. Mm -hmm. Some moms are forced to work or dads forced to work for financial reasons. We live in a society where two income homes are actually the norm now. They're the majority. And I think it's somewhere like 40% of women are the breadwinners now for their homes. Mm -hmm. And so whether that's by choice or not, that can make moms feel guilty. And a lot of them, they can't help that they have to work or their spouse, you know, whatever it is. So they feel bad for that. Number four, our society has not historically designed the workplace for moms. You just talk to mom, where do you nurse? You know, like, where do you pump at work? Can you leave to nurse your baby? What if your child's sick? How does your workplace handle it? How much maternity leave? These are all things that guys don't even have to think about that moms do. And so the workplace is not designed to help moms. They don't make it easier for moms to be a working mom. Number five is gender stereotypes. And I know that I'll probably get some slack for this. I don't think historically the church has done a great job allowing women to use their gifts outside of the home. I do believe scripture mandates and calls women and men to take care of our homes first and foremost. But I think we see in people like the Judge Deborah and the Proverbs 31 woman and the prophetess Anna and other women who were disciples of Christ, they were doing things outside of the home too. And historically, the church and our society has placed it on women to be the main people at home to the point where historically men haven't helped out much with chores and stuff. Now that's switching. But I think moms then feel guilty of like, hey, I feel like I'm pressured into doing these things when I want to do these, but also want to do other things. So I have to say I agree with you, which is probably ironic for some people to hear because I've been a stay-at-home mom for 26 years. But what we see in Scripture, Sarah, is there are clear roles for men and women in the home. You know, the New Testament talks about it. So it's not like, oh, that was an Old Testament thing. You know, husbands are leaders of the home in a different way than we are, even though we absolutely lead too. And, you know, so there's talk about submission and about loving your wife as Christ loved the church. All of that is still true. And yet I think the church has done something similar to what the Pharisees did is that we've piled on to God's plan and God's rules and roles for us and made it something that he wasn't intending it to be. And so I agree with you in that. And yet there's this tension, right, because we absolutely are what you said, to make much of our homes and our relationships with our children and our husbands. So that's part of the tension is how do we live out what God Mm -hmm. has called us to do in the home and beyond? Yeah. Yes, Chris, I totally agree. There's the, for husband and wife, Art and I have talked about this. Our families come first. And if my career is taking over from me being a present parent, or helping maintain my household, that I need to rethink my career. Hmm. I do agree with you, though, too, Kristen. I think what we've done, though, is say to women, you can only do this. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think we've had such a backlash of women say no, and they've gone to the other extreme. Mm -hmm. And now I'm reading about people like leaving their kids behind for their career, and that's horrible. Right. And so it's how do we uphold a biblical mandate of taking care of our kids in our house but still allowed to pursue a job or other interest. And those are going to look different per family. It's going to look a little bit different of how you divide up chores or how you and your husband maintain schedules. But yes, I'm in total agreement with you. There's definitely a tension there. And we never want to negate our biblical role in that. 
but we also don't want to be the Pharisees and pile on things that Scripture doesn't say, too. Yeah. Okay, number six. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is, we believe the lies of culture and Satan Hmm. and sin. We start believing that for some reason that it's not desirable to be sacrificial. Mm -hmm. Motherhood is very sacrificial. And our society starts telling us, who says that? Who says you have to sacrifice to be a mom? And we look at Christ. Christ gave up heaven to come get us is like a poor carpenter, like a baby born in a manger. I mean, if that is our standard, then we're going to be sacrificial. But Satan continues to pour into the note. You don't need to serve others. If you're just a stay-at-home mom, those are his words, just a stay-at-home mom, there's something wrong with you. And I hate the word just a stay-at-home mom Mm -hmm. because being a mom is an incredible thing, but we believe the lies. Sarah, can I I ask you, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I love that you shared about you know, we believe the lies of the culture and about sacrifice. Can you tell our ladies, because every time we personally, and we have conversations with other moms and we talk to them about sacrifice and you just sharing biblically what Christ did for us, the sacrifice of what a mom does, it's not a bad sacrifice because mm-hmm. the world is picturing the word of sacrifice. Like it's so bad. You're sacrificing so much for your kids. And they don't realize that the definition of sacrifice for a mom is actually a blessing. You know, when you're sacrificing things for your family, for your kids, it's actually, a, it sounds very opposite, but it's a good sacrifice that you don't realize. It's so good and so healthy. Yeah. And I want to encourage moms out there. I've been a stay at home mom now for 20 20- some odd years myself. And I just remember thinking back when people would ask me initially, well, what do you do? Or, well, why did you go to college? Why Mm -hmm. did you get a degree if Mm -hmm. you were only going to stay home? And at that point, I really didn't have a clear answer. Mm -hmm. Being 20 years Mm -hmm. in, now I proudly say, I'm a stay-at-home mom. This is what I do. Yeah, yeah. Kira, me too. And I'm grateful to have that opportunity. And, you know, I have a spouse that we're on the same page in that. And that's not true for everybody. And that's okay. But one of the things when we're talking about sacrifice is our example, what Dr. Rayner told us this morning is Jesus. Mm. And when Jesus sacrificed, he did it willingly mm-hmm. and out of love. And he humbled himself, which is incredible to me. Mm -hmm. He had no need to do that except for he loved us so much that he willingly laid down his life for us. And we are being an example of the gospel to our children when we willingly lay down our lives for our children. And that happens whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a working mom, a part-time working mom, and so this idea of sacrifice, Jason, you're right, is a beautiful thing. And, and you just said it humbly. It, and that's so hard Yeah, to yeah. humble yourself, say no to what the world is saying, and say, you know what? I am sacrificing all this because the thing is, like, once you do that, there's so much better you never thought, you know, of things waiting for you than you never thought it could be. Yeah. All those dreams you had for your career and all that's great. But once you actually sacrifice humbly, like you said, you realize, oh my gosh, all those dreams and and things that I wanted to do do not even compare or get close to the blessing of what it is to stay at home, raise a family, do it together with your spouse is so precious. But yet the world doesn't say that because it's all self-centered. It's what you can accomplish. But when you realize 
what you can do together. And you see it through the years, like Kira was saying, and I put myself in it too. I didn't know how to explain it at the beginning, like to the point that I feel ashamed, but I was like embarrassed to say like, oh, I'm a stay I just at home. Stay, just yeah. like you said, Sarah, to, I just stay yeah. at home. Yeah. I was trying to justify, I, I stay at home, but you know, it's just because we can and I don't need to justify it. It's right. such a blessing. Yeah, to be able to do that. It is. And so both things are important. And I want to get back to Sarah's list, but I think part of the sacrifice is that we view our families as a gift from God mm-hmm. and as a blessing from the Lord and not a hindrance mm-hmm. to what we're doing. And it all just boils down to self. We've said that so many times on this yeah. podcast yep. that any sinfulness brewing in our lives at the root of it is self. And so that can happen for a stay-at-home mom too, by the way, Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and in all of us. And so wherever God has you, whether it's working full-time, part-time, or staying at home, this idea of sacrifice is powerful and important. And Sarah, you're so right, so counter-cultural. I want to hear the rest of the list. Yes, yes. I wanted to add to that because heaven is so backwards from our culture. The first, last, last, first, Mm -hmm. like it's just backwards. And so what a sacrifice is a choice. Otherwise, it's not a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And so... Can you say that again? Sorry. Can you say that again? Sacrifice is the choice. You can't be forced into sacrifice. Otherwise, it's really not a sacrifice. But, you know, and Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. That's who we're supposed to mimic. And so what looks, it looks countercultural, but it's really, we're not here living for this culture. We're here for heaven. And so Amen. the sacrificial part of motherhood is well rewarded in heaven, even if it's not the lie of culture that it's not good here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just, over the weekend, I go to Summit and Pastor JD was talking about the anointing of David. And I love this because after David was anointed king, he had to go back and still be a shepherd with the sheep. But God used that time. He used that time of him with, you know, cleaning up after sheep, leading sheep to eventually impact his kingdom for something huge. So these things like changing diapers or burping babies or going to the school when your kid's crying, like they're big things, actually. They're not little. And so we're storing up treasures in heaven and God's using those and cultivating a spirit of sacrifice in us. And we can't believe the lie of sin that we are just a mom because we are far from being just a mom. Yes. Number seven, this kind of goes with it. We kind of forget our perspective as a mom. We start thinking that it's, oh, it's just a mom. I just change diapers, do this. But actually, being a mom is a role we play in order to fulfill God's kingdom. So our calling is to love God and love others and tell others about him. And whether we're a teacher, a doctor, or a parent or a friend, we're supposed to fulfill that calling in our role. So sometimes we forget that our role as a mom is much bigger than just changing diapers. It's we're actually an ambassador of Christ to our kids. And so we are roles a mom, but our mission and our calling is to teach our kids about Christ. And that is a huge mission and calling. And so we just sometimes forget that it can make us feel guilty. And we start thinking, oh, I should be doing more. Well, you're doing actually a whole lot if you're doing it right. Yeah, that's so great. Okay, two more ladies. Hang with me here on why we feel guilty. Sure. We make kids an idol. When Mm. we make kids an idol and they become our world, we're going to be so involved in it that we forget our mission and we start blaming ourselves for all the little things because we cannot hold together motherhood on our own. So we make kids an idol and we feel guilty. Mm. Okay. The last one, and I remind myself of this all the time, 
we start blaming ourselves when our kids are doing something wrong. Now, I think in good humility, we should always be asking ourselves, what can I do differently as a parent? How could I be better? What does the Lord call me to? What does scripture say? It would be foolish for us to say, I'm not doing anything wrong. But we also can look at scripture and look at parents who were great people in scripture, but their kids did things wrong because our kids are not just a product of our parenting. They're a product of friendships, schools, Mm. biology, their own sin. And so I want to read this to you real quick. So if we just go over real quick into Samuel, here we see Eli, the priest Eli. This is chapter two, verse 12. Eli's sons were wicked men. They did not respect the Lord. And then just a couple chapters over, after Samuel, an incredible prophet who really loved the Lord, warned Eli about his own family, here we have in Samuel, 1 Samuel 8, it said, Samuel appointed his sons as judge over Israel. However, his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned to dishonest prophets, bribes, and perverted justice. And that's just a few. We have Jacob and Esau. We have Joseph's brothers. We have Jesus' own brothers not believing him. We have David's son, Absalom. These are all incredible prophets and people who love the Lord and their kids were not outstanding. (laughs) And so we have to stop blaming ourselves every time our kid does something wrong and think, instead of thinking, wow, I must be doing something wrong as a parent for my kid to behave that way. We have to realize our kids are not, they have choices and it's not just us. Yeah. You know, Sarah, so important. And Jimmy and I say a phrase that if you're going to be a good parent, you have to have good theology. And part of the theology of being a good parent is you understand the theology of sin. And when you see your children sinning, instead of it drawing you into shame or then us feeling like we need to shame our kids, then you realize, you know what, this sin, even in their life, is just another opportunity to point them and us of our need for Jesus. And if our kids are believers, he stays in the game with his people. And so you can see that in who you mentioned before in King David, my word. If there was a reason for God to get out of the game with someone, how about him? (laughs) And yet it says that he's a man after God's own heart, and God just kept using him, kept prodding him, kept challenging him, kept convicting him. And so part of how we show the gospel to our children is we just keep staying in the game with them and keep pointing them for their need for Jesus. And there's no room for blame or shame because we've got a job to do and we can't wallow whenever— Even if there's yeah. mom guilt or— any, yeah, yeah, we got to know who we are in Christ so that we can point our children. So, I mean, I think your list is incredibly amazing, and I can't think of a mom that wouldn't be able to relate, relate to yeah. this. Oh, but, to at least one or two. Yeah, or nine. <laughs> so, Sarah, can you tell us, and you mentioned earlier, there's not a whole lot of research around that term mom guilt. But from what you know, and in your professional opinion, how does this term or this feeling that moms often have, how does that affect our husbands, our relationship with our husbands, and with our children? Yes. So we know, even though there's not a lot of research from mom guilt per se, mom guilt causes stress. And we know that from research, if you don't deal with stress, it can lead to things like anxiety and depression. And there's a lot of research on parental mental health and the effects that has on it, their children. So for instance, moms who are depressed typically have more undesirable parenting practices because they're typically unresponsive or inattentive or they're intrusive, or maybe they're so depressed they can't get off the couch. So they're not as nurturing. And so it ends up the kids then have a higher risk of mental health issues themselves. Mm -hmm. So when we don't 
take care or be proactive and mom guilt and it leads to things like depression or stress, we end up getting into a negative cycle of parenting and family and marriage, which then perpetuates the problem. So let's say I'm feeling guilty as a mom and I feel depressed about myself. So I'm not to a fault of my own. I'm just depressed. I'm not as engaged with my kids or I have a negative perception of my kids. Maybe I'm blaming them for the guilt or maybe I'm not as attentive or nurturing. So my kid acts out because they're not getting what they need from me at that point. Then I blame myself more. So I'm pulling away from my kid more. So it just starts a really negative cycle. Mm -hmm. Or let's say the guilt ends up in anxiety. We know that anxiety runs in families, not all the time. But if you're an anxious person, your child's more likely to be anxious as well. Again, you can have an anxious kid and not be anxious, but usually we see that. So there is a lot of negative ways because it creates stress and tension. We also see in marriage if there's a lot of mom guilt, you might end up blaming your spouse or thinking they're not taking on their part of the workload. And so it creates conflict in the marriage and conflict in the marriage ends up hurting your kids. So there is a lot of research on stress, depression, anxiety, and how it negatively impacts your kids and how marital conflict impacts your kids. And what are some long-term consequences? Because we see, have you shared, you know, this could happen if you keep doing this. But how about for those moms that are listening to you and be like, you know, I feel the way she is describing right now and I want to change, but tell them like, what are some of the long-term consequences if this mom guilt, we don't either, you know, get counseling or, you know, try to work on it that can happen to us moms. Yeah. So again, just going back to, if you continue to have mom guilt, it can lead to things like depression and nobody, nobody wants to feel depressed. Nobody loves mom guilt. If I could look at a mom and say, Hey, I could take a magic wand and make your mom guilt go away. Nobody's going to say, no, leave the mom guilt there. <laughs> and it does have long-term consequences because again, it impacts your relationship with your kids And so when it impacts your kids, now we're talking about a generational effect because those kids are now at higher risk for mental health issues if you have mm. a mental health issue. And then that's going to impact their relationship with their kids. So this, we're talking possibly a generational effect at this point. And so it really is important, you know, if you're really struggling with mom, everybody struggles with mom guilt. Let me just say that. The one thing I can say is I don't know a single mom who's never, ever felt guilty. Yeah. It's just to the extent of how much it's intruding on your mm -hmm. life and if you're able to get control of it or not. So if you are at a point where you're like, this is not normal mom guilt. I'm feeling guilty every day. It's making me depressed or anxious. At that point, you need to recognize that it's harming you. It can harm your family. And that's when you really should seek out some counseling for that. Well, Sarah, this has been super enlightening, and we are grateful for the time that you've given us. So this is part one. So we've identified the problem and explained what the problem is, but we are about to also invite you to not forget that part two will be coming out with Sarah, and you're going to help us figure out what to do with it and how to do better. And so I just am, again, grateful for you sharing your expertise with our village And we depend on you for guidance and help. And I'm grateful that you depend on Jesus to share that wisdom with us. Thank and, you. you know, and, and I depend on Jesus to finish my words. I can't, couldn't think about what I wanted to say. It's okay. That's why we have each other. That's why we have a village. That's right. But Sarah, we love you and we're grateful and we're already looking forward to part two. Thank you so much, Thank Sarah. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, Sarah. And we're going to say goodbye, but see you ladies in part two. One, two, three. Bye. Bye. Bye.